I'd like to welcome you to Bridge Church. For those who are going to be listening later online today, I want to welcome you and thank you for joining us this morning. You picked a great Sunday to be here. Today we're going to continue in a series called uh, Win the Day. What we've been talking about through this, and it's off Mark Batterson's book, Win the Day. Um, but what we've been talking about through the first couple weeks is that first week we talked about flipping the script of our lives. And how we do that is to change our story, we have to change the story we're telling ourselves. We have to start hearing what God says. We have to start seeing what God's, who God's called us. I, I talked with a couple people this week about that thought process about, you know, well, I'm struggling with this, I'm doing this, you know, it always seems to be things are going wrong. I'm like, well, if, if you're looking for something to go wrong, guess what, you're going to find it. But if I'm looking for something to go right, my attitude shifts. Remember, Romans 12, 2 says to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And so that's really, for me, where this series comes from. Because in order for us to be renewing our minds, we have to get plugged into the Holy Spirit, and He transforms our thoughts. This has been one of the one of the greatest tools I've used lately from this, and it is something so simple. If, if you're a complainer, if you're somebody that always sees negative, write a gratitude journal. Every day, find something you're grateful for. And what's going to happen over time is you start rewiring your brain to start seeing what's right, to start seeing what's good. And all of a sudden, over time, you become a positive person because you're grateful. And now, like I said in the first week, if you have a spouse, that's your first one to be grateful for. Okay? Write that down. Be grateful every day for your spouse, your kids, your job. I mean, there's so many things. For us today, this weather, this land for me, I'm grateful for. I mean, the people that are here. But it, it's what changes how we see life, and then we can start living in day-tight compartments, we called them, remember, in that first week. We got to bury dead yesterdays. Tomorrow's a mystery. All we can do is win today. Now, yes, we'll make plans. And yes, I'm going to talk a little bit about that today. But if we don't start setting the habits today for what we want to see down the road, we'll never hit down the road. Last week, we talked about kissing the wave that throws us against the rock of ages from Charles Spurgeon, the quote from Charles Spurgeon, and understanding that we are going to run into obstacles, but the obstacles aren't the problem, they're the way. We looked at Moses and the Red Sea and how sometimes we want God to part the Red Sea and God's saying, get your feet wet. Step into the Red Sea first. Remember, Moses, basically God said, why are you crying out to me? Lift up your rod, lift up your hand, you part the waters. And if you don't believe me, go to your Bible because in Genesis 14, that's what it says. Now, did God do it? Yes, God's sovereign. He does all that. But he's looking for us to do our part. And as we said last week, if we're looking for God to do the super, we got to do the natural. We got to do what we can do. We got to keep moving forward. Because, see, we're all going to face waves. That's, that's just life. We're all going to face problems. Jesus said it in Matthew. He said, but take heart. Hang on. I've overcome this. And then we, we can say with confidence that he who is in me is greater than he who is in the world. Because, see, when I run into problems, that's all they are. They're just a problem. I, I'm going to walk my way through it. We, you, may, you may need to say, not today, Satan, and keep stepping. You know, I, I talked about when Christy went in for her surgeries, you know, seven weeks ago. People asked me, was I nervous? And like, no. Why? Because me being nervous wasn't going to change it. But I knew God had control of it. 
Why am I not nervous about my daughter having her first baby? Because God's planned this, and that's what I told her. If God doesn't think you're ready, this wouldn't have happened. See, we got to start speaking life. we got to stop watching the news. There we go. Social medias, TikToks, Snapchats, whatever new ones there are out there today. Because there's a new one every six weeks. Stop paying attention to those and stop, start getting back to the rock of ages and say, what do you say the truth is? Because remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So if it don't line up with Jesus, it ain't true. Today, we're going to get into what Mark Batterson calls eat the frog. I retitled it myself a little bit to attack the day. And what, <laughs> what he's talking about in there is Mark, Bat or Mark Twain is purported to make a, make a statement of asking the question, when is the best time of day to eat a live frog? <laughs> I know. Why would you eat a live frog? I have no idea. This is just what he said. But he said the best time of day to eat it is right away in the morning. Why? Because then you've done the hardest thing for the day, and you don't have to worry about it for the rest of the day. And that's why I say we want to attack the day. If you read your Bible, you see what Jesus did. You see multiple times throughout Scripture that says Jesus got up early in the morning and went out and prayed. At one time, before he picked his 12 disciples, he went out to pray to the Father and spent all night praying. It says, you know, it says he went up to the mountain by himself early in the morning to pray. You see, in the Old Testament, where God says, you know, love the Lord your God, have no other gods before him, he's, God's setting habits for us that says, attack your day. Don't wait for something to come along to attack you. Start your day off with what you want. Start your day off with how, how you want to see it moving. Look out for that. And so when we understand that eating the frog or attacking the day really is about the mindset we start our day with, how do most of us start our day? We start our day by running like crazy. We wake up, hopefully on time. If we don't wake up on time, we are getting our coffee. We're running out the door. We're getting ready to go to work. We might say goodbye to our spouse if they're still home. And it's just mass chaos in the morning. Well, one of the frogs that's really funny is Christy and I were going through this, and we actually say this statement back and forth to each other right now, is if I want to get in better shape, because guess what? I'm getting older. I'm now having grandkids. I want to stick around for them. Well, one of the ways to do that is for me to go to the gym. Okay, the hardest part has always been for me to go to the gym is to go to the gym. Once I'm there, I'm fine. It's only a half a mile from my house right now. If I wasn't so lazy, I could walk there, but I still get in my truck and drive to the gym. I'm like, I could do cardio before I even get here, but no, I'm going to jump in the truck. So one of my frogs is going to the gym. So what did I start doing? I started intentionally setting my clock to wake me up so I could read right away in the morning. And right after I get done reading, I get out the door and I go to the gym. It's one of the hardest habits for me to start. So what, what I want you guys to do today is to identify that one habit that's been hard for you, that you've been procrastinating on, that you haven't really wanted to put a lot of work towards, and that's what you want to attack. Because the right and positive habits will affect the trajectory of your life. They pay big dividends. Now, when I go to the gym in the morning, guess what happens? When I leave the gym, I don't go to McDonald's to get something to eat. 
I go home and eat something healthy. I go home and drink water. See, that one habit now has affected my whole day because I attacked the day and started my morning with it. Wow, how did that get out of kids' church? That is sweet. Um, because when we go through the rest of our day knowing that something we haven't, you know, and again, for a lot of you, it may be getting up and praying for five minutes is hard because you're tired. You know if you start praying, the enemy's going to put you right back to sleep. If all you got, if, I'm going to give you guys a tip. If you, if you can't sleep at night, pick up your Bible and start to read it. The enemy will shut you down right there and put you to sleep. He don't want you reading God's word. If you don't want to go to sleep, I suggest you get up and walk around while you're reading. Why? Because our mind just goes, it, be, it becomes habit. 1 Corinthians 10.23 says it this way. I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. I'm allowed to do anything, he says again, but not everything is beneficial. See, Paul's talking about our habits. We can do anything we want, but is it profitable? We can do anything we want. You know, I can drive 70 miles an hour down this road. Is it beneficial? No, and it's also against the law, but I can. Nobody's stopping me. So Paul's asking us those things that you're doing, are they beneficial to where you're going? And if they're not, why are you doing them? Again, our main verse for, the, for our series is Romans 12, 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what, what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. So habits is what we're going to talk about today. What habits are you fighting or what habits have you wanted to do that you haven't started that you need to? You know, like I said, some of them may be just a simple fact of getting up and reading in the morning. Reading the Word of God and hearing what God has for you that day. It may be praying. It may be going to the gym. Now, I suggest reading before you go to the gym. Why? Or you can read while you're at the gym. Throw in your headsets, pop in some worship music, and lift. Or if you don't lift, don't lift. But... Exercise however you exercise. Sorry, I left. Um, because what happens in doing that, you know, I've got one habit. And I'm going to talk. This is going to be my last point today, but I'm going to jump to it now. It's called habit stacking. We find one habit that's normal. How many of y'all get up and drink coffee in the morning? Why? It helps me wake up. It helps me get my... Oh, exactly. And nothing wrong with coffee. I get up and... There ain't nothing better than reading the Bible and drinking a cup of coffee. The Holy Spirit and caffeine, whoo! That's just a good way to start the day. One of them's normal, isn't it? The drinking coffee is a normal habit. The reading your Bible may not, is not as normal, but it's a beneficial habit. So you take an easy habit and put it with a harder habit, and all of a sudden they go together. How many of you guys have ever prayed for your kids before they go to bed? If you've had kids, you've prayed for them. If you haven't had kids, how many prayed for your spouse before you went to bed? How many of y'all prayed for meals? Why do you do that? You've identified a habit, the alarm of going to bed with praying for somebody. 
So you guys are already doing this. You guys are already stacking habits. We just want to take it to a whole nother level and say, I want to transform my mind. I want to transform and see what God has. Some of the best things to do to transform habits is understand that this isn't, again, this isn't about self-help. This is about the stewardship of the time that we've been given by God. See, we've been given 24 hours every day by God. What are we doing with that time? Are we wasting it on things that aren't profitable? Are we wasting it on things that aren't hopeful? And God's saying, you know, shift what you're doing because I want you to be good stewards of what I've given you. And so what we start doing is we start looking at each day as cultivating habits to build the kingdom. And all of a sudden, the worries of the world kind of dissipate. Why? Because we are now focused on something greater. The first thing you need to do with a, with a goal and with a habit is make it measurable. Keep track. All right, do you want to read every day? Well, I'm going to ask you the question, can you do it today? Don't worry about if you can read the Bible for a year. Now, that is honestly a testimony of what something that happened in this church that we started about four years ago now. We started a challenge one year and said, guess what? We're going to read through the Bible in a year as a church. I can say, and it excites me as I was thinking about this yesterday, I can't tell you the number of people who are still reading their Bible today every day that weren't doing it every day before because we set a habit to do it. It excites me. Yeah, Adam's one of them. I've had multiple people, and it's not just our church. It's also from around the country, from the different people who listen to us. All because we started one simple habit. Now, did it matter if you read every day? No. Get through it on your pace with God. But again, it was cultivating a habit to say, guess what? God's most important. I'm going to start my day with this. And so it was measurable. We could see every day who read. We could see if people left comments, we could comment back. We started holding each other accountable. We started working with each other. Because when we're accountable, it prods us to keep moving forward. Even though we miss a day, we know that, oh, they didn't read today. They're a horrible, horrible person. No. We just prayed a little bit harder for ourselves and for everyone else and said, guess what? We can measure and see what we do because what happens if we don't shoot to change something? We're shooting at nothing. You know that old saying, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. It's true. If you don't set goals on what you, how you want to see your life with Christ walk out, you will wander around the desert for 40 years. Oh, that was good. That just came into my head right. Did you ever think about that? I'm explaining that a little bit. The Israelites had lost their focus on God. Like a lot of Christians today, I'm, I'm equating it back to today, they wandered around in the actual desert for 40 years. I know, you don't like this, do you? Um, some of us in our Christian walk, we forget to focus on God, and then we wonder why things are going wrong, which is a spiritual desert that we can wander in for 40 years when it's our own fault because we lost focus. We like to blame God, don't we? God, why are you letting this happen to me? Why is my life falling apart? And Jesus says, get away from me, I didn't know you. I, I don't like that verse. I'm, I'm gonna be honest. 
That verse still scares me to death. Lord, we did all this in your name. Lord, we prophesied in your name. Lord, we cast out demons in your name. Lord, we healed people in your name. And Jesus looks at him and says, get away from me. I never knew you. That will keep you grounded. And your focus on where it needs to be. So we measure our goal. We measure our habits. We measure what's going on. And we don't give up. We don't give in. We just keep moving forward. Now, I'm going to have, have some awesome testimonies coming up, um, which reminds me, next week we're going to honor our, our um, seniors. So through your prayer this week, if God gives you a little note to give them, we're going to take time next week and honor all of our graduating seniors. We have four of them this year that we're going to honor, Josh, Matthew, Anna, and Hunter. And so we want to pray over them for the next step God has for their life. But in the process of doing that, what we want to do in the process of what God's been doing over the last couple weeks, um, I'm not going to share it this week because I got to I got to cement it in place this week yet um, about some of the things that God's doing. That that's really awesome. It's not what we. It's not really what I want, but I'm amazed at what God's doing, and He's opening up some doors. Uh, and so the second thing we want to do is. We want to make it maintain or make it meaningful. And what I mean by that, for my going to the gym, it's meaningful. Why? Because I love my wife. I don't really want to die. You know, I don't want to leave her alone. I'm having grandkids. I want to be around for them. So I have to choose habits that cultivate that goal. I can't go to McDonald's every day and expect to live to 90. Okay, I can't drink, you know, a case of soda a day. The problem is most people are killing themselves one drink at a time. One decision at a time. See, we never end up far from where we want to be because of one bad choice. It's because of a bunch of multiple choices that we've made. But when I know I can maintain and I know that if I go to the gym and... <laughs> It's meaningful because I'm becoming healthier. Well, with the church and why we want to build a building isn't here isn't just to have a religious institution, but it's to have a place that's welcoming to the whole community to come in. Because everyone's welcome at God's table. And so as we move forward with what we're doing, it's we want people to meet Jesus. And if he blesses us and when he blesses us with that building, it will be open to the community to use for the community, because God put us here to make a difference. And again, now it is a huge dream, and it scares me to death. But if, if yeah, if, if I don't have a God-sized dream that scares me, it's probably not for God. And so we keep moving forward. The third thing is, is we want to make those habits maintainable. Now, if any of you guys have ever gone to the gym, and I don't know if you have, but I will let you know what I've done in the past. 30 yeah, about 30 years ago, I was bodybuilding. And so, I know you can't tell nowadays. Um, but I went to the gym six days a week, three hours a day, I was there. And then I started powerlifting. And so then I was there only four days a week, but I was there about three hours a day. Well, over that time, what I did is I, I started seeing what I could lift. Now, the sad part is, is as I've gotten older, I go back to the gym and think I can still do that. I work out too hard, and I take the next two weeks off because I'm so sore I can't move. See, that's the same. I, I'm telling you this because don't do this with God either. 
Don't go in saying I'm going to read 42 chapters a day and then all of a sudden get burnt out and can't continue. Dream big, but start small. So now I go to the gym, you know what I do? I do one set for each muscle group. I do 15 to 20 reps. That's okay, that page is over. I do 15 to 20 reps and then I go on to the next muscle group. Well, now I'm up to four sets, 15 to 20 sets on each muscle group and keep moving forward. I am my sore, yes. Do I walk like a flamingo? Thankfully, no, because if any of you guys ever work legs hard, you feel like your knees going backwards and you hitting the ground every time you step. And so set those goals, but make them maintainable. Make them something you can continue to do. Just start out reading five minutes a day. Guess what's going to happen? Over time, it's just going to naturally expand because you want more. Take time to pray five minutes a day. Guess what's going to happen? As you become closer to the Father, you want to spend more time with him. One day a week, say, guess what? I'm going to go meet with somebody and have coffee, and I'm going to speak into their life. For husbands and wives, set the goal of going on at least one date night a month. I'm guessing some of you ain't gone on a date in a while. I'm guilty of that. I know somebody who does do that and makes a plan on it. And it's great. Why? Because the more time I spend with my spouse, the closer we become, the more we talk. Guess what? I become a better pastor. I become a better friend. I become a, a better person when I'm closer to my spouse. Because as Craig Rochelle says in his marriage class, I'm going to seek my one, which is God, with my two, which is my spouse. And when we do that, we become stronger. And it becomes maintainable. So Christy and I, what I started to do, she, not, she doesn't always like it, but before she goes to work, now that she went back to work this week, I grab her hand and say, hey, let's pray quick before you go. And it can be something simple like, God help us today. And that's it. Amen. Get out the door. It can be something simple, but start praying with your spouse. Make it maintainable. Say, guess what? Not today, Satan. This is my marriage. And I'm going to fight and pray for this more than anyone else. Now, here's how Matthew 12 explains how, what happens when we don't set good habits and we don't cultivate good habits. If you jump down to verse 43, it says now, Now, when the unclean spirit goes out of a man, it passes through waterless places, seeks rest, and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds it unoccupied, swept, and put in order. Then it goes and takes along with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself, and they go in and live there. In the last state, the man becomes worse than the first. You know, that's, that's, that's a picture of what happens with salvation for a lot of people. Is salvation is a free gift from God. That, that part's simple to understand, right? It's just all we have to do is receive salvation from God. But then according to this story, if we don't start cultivating the habits to hang on to that salvation, what happens is we've left our doorways open to the enemy to come in to lie, cheat, steal, rob, kill, and destroy. See, we have to start laying a foundation for our salvation. It's why Paul says, work out your salvation. He doesn't just say you're saved. Have a happy life. He says, work it out. See, I'm talking about something that's a little bit deeper. And this morning, I want to ask you to just give me a little, little bit of leeway to explain where my thought process came from this. See, I wrote, down, I wrote this down so I don't screw it up. It says, at the end of the day, God delivers and sets us free when we accept Jesus. 
We receive his forgiveness and turn to him as the author and perfecter of our faith, realizing life is no longer mine, but has been crucified with Christ. So what is the meaning of when it says the person is worse off than the first in this verse? What I, what I asked is, what if Jesus is trying to teach us here is we need to walk out our faith in our daily habits? I can't come to church on Sunday and call myself a Christian. I read a quote to Brenda this week from A.W. Tozer who talks about there's ne- you won't see Sunday morning worship in heaven. It's a seven-day-a-week lifestyle. And so I need to change my habits before I don't get the option to. See, we want to pray like it depends on God, but we have to work like it depends on us. See, God can split our Red Seas, but he's asking us to step out in faith so he can work through us. Why? Because we're the ones who are going to touch other people. And when God can do something for you, you can share it with someone else. We can tell people the story of the Red Sea in the Bible, and they will argue till they're blue in the face saying that's just a story. You cannot argue the reconciliation of my family out of me because I know what God did. See, all of you have a testimony that God's given you because you stepped out in faith and said, for me, it was, guess what? I am, I am willing to get hurt. I am willing, getting willing to be made a fool of to love my wife unconditionally because God loved me unconditionally. See, the hard part with creating some of these habits is they hurt because we have to be willing to get hurt to love the way Jesus loved us. And I had to be willing to do that for my wife. Now, by the grace of God and only by his grace, are we still together 20 years later? Because he put us together. And I had people who were praying for me. You see, we don't break bad habits by not doing them. I wish it was that simple. I wish I could go up to an addict and say, just say no. And life would be better for them. It doesn't work that way. See, the thing is, is we have to replace that bad habit, that bad thought process, that bad circumstance with something greater. See, my love for, you know, me and Michael, were, my son, we're actually talking about that this week because we were talking about when I quit drinking. And he goes, I don't ever remember you struggling with it. I, you know, I joke around and say, I just don't go buy it no more, which is true. Why? Because I had a greater goal, which was my wife and my kids. It was more important to me than that. So no, I never struggled with it. Why? Because my focus was on something greater. See, if you want to overchange a bad habit, you have to replace it with a new habit. You can't just get rid of the old habit. Otherwise, what happens is that same thing that happened in the story Jesus just told us. That bad habit comes back with a vengeance, with about three other habits that come along with it. And so we start to change. We start to understand that a lot of times unhappy people aren't really unhappy. They're just unhappy with circumstances and and what's going on in their life. So we have an opportunity to help them because we've created the habits to stay plugged into the Holy Spirit so he can now work through us. See, I understood for me, I could quit stressing about my kids when I learned to trust God because ultimately they're his anyways. 
I, I, I just got them on rent and tried not to screw them up too bad. See, I could reduce my anger when I learned to give up control. That I can't control what other people do and what other people think. But I can give it up to God and trust him. See, when we learn to replace what God wants with what we think we need, we all of a sudden start living a totally different life so we can attack our day. And that's why reading in the morning is so important. That's why praying in the morning is so important. That's why, you know, just taking time to say, guess what? Again, for me, it's I'm going to drink my coffee, read my Bible, go to the gym. I've got to be intentional about those until they become a habit. Now, me listening to worship music is natural. So putting in headphones and going to the gym and lifting while I'm listening to worship music, I've just stacked two habits, and it changes my whole thought process. And, and then start stacking those things. Start stacking those habits. Because at the end of the day, you've, he you've heard me say before, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. I will also say today, show me your habits and I will show you your future. Because your habits set your day where it's going. And if you want to change where you're going, you've got to change the habits you've created. See, over time... We become the sum total of the things we do, which is why today I can go back up to where I grew up at, and they can look at me at a funeral and say, hey, Gene, are you the usher? And I'm like, no, I'm the pastor. And they're like, really? And I'm like, yeah, it's amazing what God can do when you get out the way. So don't try to do it all at once. Don't try to create 17 new habits when you walk out of here this morning. Pick one, maybe two, and do it today. And then do it again tomorrow. And then do it again on Tuesday. And what happens is you now have a winning streak. And you can create the habit you want, that God wants to create the character in you. Because for better or worse, good habits will always come to bless us. And bad habits are always going to bite us in the butt. Because Jesus said, with the me measure you use, it will be given back to you. Multiplied. Multiplied.